Hello, everyone. I am Halise, a digital storyteller and video producer. And I'm Mr. Halise, and I enjoy hot beverages, sometimes coffee, sometimes tea. That's cool. And this is the Stumblewell podcast, a couple that you know, talking about things. I like that, actually. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. A couple you may or may not know. Yeah. <laughs> a couple that you know, talking about things and whatnot. You're going to stumble through life. Why not stumble well with us? Roll the beginning. So in this episode of the Stumblewell podcast, I don't know if, I don't know how we're talking about it, but I don't know either, but we're going to get a little personal. All right. Okay, cool. We're going to get personal about our 2019 year. Well, so, so this stemmed from a conversation we recently had. We were talking about goals, year end goals. If you hadn't seen the last podcast, go ahead and check that out. Yeah. But, uh, we were just talking about the outlook for 2020 itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we talked about 2018, and I said, oh, you know, compared to 2018, if y'all don't know about 2018, consider yourself lucky, but um, long story short, it was bad. <laughs> um, See. And you said, oh, I thought 2019 was, was worse, worse than 2018. Yes. To me, I feel like 2019 was a little bit more bad than 2018. Um. He does not agree. I did not agree, and that's because, so 2018, financial struggles, short-selling house, trying to, mm-hmm. um, so on and so forth, bad. Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Move into a new apartment. Mm-hmm. And then repercussions from 2018, emotional, relationship-wise. I mean, yeah, I feel like 2019 was harder because... In my mind, and this is like the interesting thing about relationships, right? It's all about your perception versus your partner's perception. And you're hoping that the perceptions are relatively the same. But Mm. then sometimes they're not. And that's surprising. I feel like, as an aside, there were a lot of times this year where we had conversations. And I would think we were talking about the same thing. But then it turned out we weren't at all. Vastly different things. And I was just like, what? How is that even happening? So anyway, that's an aside. Communication. It's hard. Um, there was a lot more fights. We've, yeah. had, we've had disagreements in the relationship. Yeah. But there was a lot more feelings of butthurtedness <laughs> on both of our parts. Feelings of butthurtedness. Um, and I there like were that. some legitimate times where the dissolution of the marriage was a thing. Yeah. For sure. Could have been a thing. Yeah. I think for me, I know 2018 was hard, but it was hard in that life is hard sometimes. It wasn't hard because I was at odds with you or I was at odds with my family or anything like that. In fact, if anything, 2018 really taught me how grateful I was to have you in my life and my family in my life, even though we were going through this really hard thing with the whole displacement thing in the house and all of that. I felt like we had so many people that we could rely on and that we could rely on each other really well. Mm-hmm. Whereas in 2019, oh, and in 2018, even though we were going through all of that, 
professionally, I was doing really well. She was. I left my full-time job, started the production company. It was like profitable off the bat. And so to me, 2018 was just like, this is what life is. You can be doing well in some regards of your life and then not be doing well in other regards or like be doing well in spite of things that are happening to you. You can still be doing well. Whereas in 2019, professionally on paper, I was, the company did do well this year. We made a lot more money. We did a lot more, but it was very, very stressful and I was not happy for most of the year in my professional life because I was just always really stressed out. And on top of that, I felt very alone because we were also in this friction stage of just figuring out what we were to each other at all anymore. So, And jumping back for me for 2018, yeah, yeah, we were displaced and we were surrounded by people like, yeah, we, we could, we, we had to work hard to see the blessings through the failures. So as a, for me as a man, um, you know, I had the whole, I can't provide for my household to the point where, you know, we can live on our own Mm -hmm. and support ourselves because we were living with family slash a set of parents. It felt like I had regressed back to like, you know, adolescent teenage years where I was dependent on other people for things, not necessarily finances, but just to keep a roof over my head. And then living with your parents, even though they were not my parents, still felt like living with parents. So, right. Yeah. Um, I was dealing with that 2018 professionally. I was not in a good spot. I was not happy with my job. And so I felt like a lot of the challenges that you had in 2019, I was facing in 2018. Yeah. Um, and I did not have like the professional successes that you did, but yeah, 2019, I still, there was a lot of, uh, friction between us. It makes me think now it makes me think, man, I was not empathetic enough to you in 2018 <coughs> i feel like now that i come wait do I have come no you're good <laughs> no now that coming you know to the close of 2019 and going into this this episode probably won't go live till 2020 so coming into 2020 and knowing just everything that i felt in 2019 professionally i now feel like damn i like just didn't help you enough Because I feel Um, like you really tried this year to, like, help me. You tried a lot. Oh, I was... Let nobody... I will not allow anybody to stand up and say that I did not do that. (laughs) Because I was your coach. I was in the kitchen cooking dinner. Yeah. We were both drinking, (laughs) coping from the day. And I was the one hyping you up. Yeah. Yeah. I was the one saying, you know, don't let anybody dictate your narrative, so on and so forth. You're worth all this stuff. Sometimes it's hard to look outside yourself, even in the relationship. That's true. So much so that sometimes you have to get help. <laughs> yes. So we did, actually. And I'm going to go ahead and put this disclaimer out. In a much earlier uh, podcast episode, when it was still the Beast cast. Probably one of the first ones. Yeah, it was like, one of the first ones. At least ones. it's in the first five. I think I had... No, I wasn't mocking, I don't think, but I had scoffed at the idea. You didn't mock anything. Well, I mean, I I had scoffed at the idea of, you know, premarital counseling. Like, I mean, yeah. Or even kind of like counseling in general. I don't don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me. I don't know what state of mind I was in, but I was just kind of brushing it off. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm here to say, whether it's individual or as a couple, 
um, or as a family. Ooh. If y'all need counseling, if y'all need help figuring stuff out, if you need an outside perspective, a third party, independent, non-biased perspective. For those of y'all listening, I'm nodding my head. Yes. Y'all need to find yourself somebody good. Now, the problem is finding oh somebody God. good <laughs> is an issue. It's so hard. Some people, my, my job provides like some counseling sessions mm -hmm. uh but it's a oh, what do you call that it's an employee assistance program a lot of different companies have it it doesn't pay much so a lot of counselors aren't going to take it right yeah so it's either like getting that and trying to find your way in with an appointment um it was just a big mess man hey everyone <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the StumbleWell podcast. Thank you. If you're new here, make sure you like this video and or if you're listening to us, I don't think you can like things on there, but you know, whatever it takes to like, comment, share, all that kind of stuff. If you're um, watching us on YouTube, please subscribe or follow us if you're watching us on Instagram as well. Um, the other thing you can do is let the ads play. That really helps us out a lot. Please. Um, that helps us out a lot. And then thirdly, become part of our production team, patreon.com slash Halise. There you get early access to all of these StumbleWell episodes, as well as private weekly videos from me, where I spill all the tea on our life and other such things. Apparently, yeah. And um, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I guess we can talk. If y'all are interested to know, like, tips we may may or may not have, we or not any type of authority about finding a therapist, let us know. We can make a StumbleWell episode about that. But in the meantime... A tangible takeaway and i'll link to it below evelyn from the internets um here on youtube and on instagram did a whole thing about how she found her therapist um in her ig stories and it's really good and so i'll link to that um and i think she put it in her highlights at the top so people can go and see it because especially if you have the melanated variety finding a therapist is hard <laughs> so there is um and part of it, 2018, you were actually one of uh, the one that I pushed to try to go and, and see therapy. Right, yeah. Uh, first, and you saw somebody, but they were not of the melanated uh, variety, as you say. Yeah, they were not. Um, and so you felt like you could not be as truthful or as honest with your answers. Right. I and definitely so, felt like I had like a shield up. And a big part of trying to find a therapist or a couples therapist this year was finding somebody who was in San Antonio and also black, which is hard because <laughs> that's not a large uh, subset of the population here. But we found one. Yeah. Um, we will link in the uh, description, description, description box below, um, or maybe not even link, just have it there. There is a, there is a collective nationwide um, of a resource. It's like, I forget what it's like, black therapists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they're on Instagram, too. Um they give out, you but know. Yeah, it's like Black Therapist Network, and so you can find. Right. And that's that's an awesome resource. Mm -hmm. We'll have it listed if you all need something or if you want to look into it. Yeah. Um, I think that's an awesome idea. They have a podcast as well. I think the woman who founded it. Um, and it's it's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, we talked a lot. Um, there were times in the relationship where we just kind of had, like, ultimatums with each other, which mm -hmm. is interesting because at times we always mentioned that you know, when one of us was having a bad day, the other person was strong enough to, to sustain it. And mm -hmm. I think we were just both tired of the way that we were feeling. And so we both kind of weren't sticking up for the relationship. Yeah. And so the relationship was in danger then. So, 
couple different ultimatums. Um, no one like storming out, no like screaming matches or anything, but yeah, we don't really, that's not how we, I feel like people, if people saw us having a fight, they wouldn't realize we were fighting maybe. Which is what happened last year. Yeah. I mean, I thought you were going to leave me at some point and I think you thought the same thing. Yeah. And we finally got the communication down to the point where we could talk about things and right. not be, not come at it from a place of hurt. Yeah. You know, just come at really it from, hard. right. A place of just equality. Mm-hmm. And so. Difficult guys. This marriage thing ain't for the faint of heart. Sorry. And I'm bogarting this a little bit, but I'm just trying to get to like, um, Mr. Hollis is holding a letter. So you found this letter today. I didn't find it. Oh, find well, you, it. you brought it to my attention today. Yeah. So this is a letter that I actually keep in my, what are they called? It's my bullet journal equivalent. I'm not any type of pretty with the bullet journals. People are epic about it. Like there's whole channels that are just like, here's what my bullet journal looks like this month. Anyway, I, once he had, I, it is very, YouTube <laughs> is so fascinating and I love all of it. Anyway. <laughs> This is a letter that he wrote me during Valentine's Day, and I keep it in my bullet journal, because when I'm feeling low, I read it. It Aww. makes me feel better. So it's dated 2-11 of this year, 19. The year of our Lord, 2019. <laughs> February, oh, you have to say the month. February. Because what if people who are watching who aren't in America, like, they flip it. It's 11-2 for them. Oh, it would be November 2nd. Anyway, Yeah. so this is February 11th. Um, and it starts, my love, I know we don't typically do much for Valentine's day, but I decided to get you something that I thought would brighten up your week and maybe the apartment. We did not like the apartment. Uh, please see previous podcast episode. Yes. We thought it was a jail cell. Yeah. It was really dark. This one's so much better. Anyway. Oh, it's so going. good. Um, I don't expect reciprocation. This was for you. We've been through a lot over the past seven years. And with our last being one of the hardest, you've questioned whether we'll make it through this next transition period, post-2018. Um, you've also, since almost day one, asked whether we'll make it to, uh, or whether we'll even make it to the twilight years of our marriage. My answer to that has not changed. I do see us meeting the sunset of our shared life together, embracing on the sands of a beach somewhere. You will be what will get me there. I know it. I look back on our time together and I realized I did not define marriage correctly. Or I'm sorry, I did, I did define marriage incorrectly. It is hard, but that was by design. A balanced marriage emphasizes your weakness so you can learn to rely on others. The hardships make you focus on the cracks in the partnership you'd rather forget. Our marriage has been put through a sieve time and again to filter out everything we thought was important. Money, materialism, entitlement, privilege, stability, and complacency, and leave behind what matters, which is us. I know I don't tell you often enough, but you are vital to my character and who I am. You are the reason I press on in jobs that drain me. You are the reason I do those tedious chores like dinner and grocery shopping because I love to see the look on your face when I really nail that recipe or when you're weary from the outside world and a decent dinner is how I welcome you home. Uh, when you ask me why I'm with you, I never have a good answer. I was drawn to you. I knew, not because of any credit to myself, but from an overwhelming feeling that you were who I was meant to be with. And I, this is not on the letter, letter but I, I still feel that way. 
As we go through this next phase in our life, I want you to know that I'll be right there with you because it's hard to be married, but it would be impossible for me to live any other way. So fight on, love. Fight on for your creativity. Fight on for, your, for how you envision your future. And fight on for us. I'll be in your corner, always. Love, your Christopher. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a good letter. Yeah. I like it. Ah. <sighs> Why so, don't toss it. Oh, I'm sorry. Put it, place Ooh, okay. it beautifully. Place it gingerly yes. down. Yes. It's in danger of the tea there. Oh, okay. Be, I'm kidding. Be gentle. With I think my, I saved it. I'm with like, my love letter. Oh. <laughs> Just thought that was interesting, sharing some of that. Yeah. And I think we had mentioned in an earlier podcast, again, that we're not trying to present this perfect mm-hmm, couple mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to people. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got problems. <laughs> Y'all got Who problems. Doesn't? Yeah. Who doesn't have problems? The reason why we started the podcast this way, um, we're kind of segueing away a little bit, was um, there was a TED Talk that talked about research that tried to tried to recreate love or try to create love in a lab. Mm. Um, and it's based on the research, 36 questions were made. And they start a little bit more generally, so, you know, if you were going to have a dinner, kind of stereotypical. So if you're going to have a dinner with anybody in the world, who would it be and why? Mm-hmm. And then it just starts getting more and more specific and intimate mm-hmm. um, in nature. It's like speed dating, but with the same person. So you're just, you're just rapidly getting to know somebody that much faster. Is it just like, because I didn't read or listen to the TED Talk at all. So is it just more like skipping over all of the fluff and getting into sort of the deeper conversations that happen over time? Sort of. I mean, because so much of dating is just cutting through the awkwardness. Mandy Len Catron, Can You Jumpstart Love? Uh, Ah. That specific segment just jumps off into like a little 12-minute listen. Um, But if you wanted to listen to it, you could, you know. Yeah. That's a good jumping off point. Okay. And uh, the type of dedication that we have, that we've showcased, even in this year, where we were, you know, tested and then went back and forth a little bit and mm-hmm. then re-solidified with each other. Mm-hmm. Do you think that type of thing can be, regardless of the research, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, make a point. Do you feel like that can be created in, in a lab or like in a sterile environment? If after 36 questions, somebody feels like they know another person enough where they could weather this. Oh. Sorry, that, I just realized like, oh, wait, <laughs> what am I trying to get at? Yeah. Hmm. Or does, is this marriage, is it like a good, a good sword? Well, that's probably not the best way, but it's like a, like a trusty knife, you know, uh-huh. loses its edge, resharpened. Uh-huh. Um, or is it just, you know, is it something that gets better over time mm-hmm. and you need that wear and tear on it to make it feel like it's yours? Yeah. That's interesting. That's hard to answer because I think that I think if like the if I think if this year had happened earlier, we would not have made it because I think I would just be too done with everything. Like I wouldn't know you well enough to know that you know, it's it's just all a process and you just have to work through it. And I don't think, I think so much about working through this type of thing is that you've, 
probably had a bit of a backlog Mm -hmm. to draw back from. Like sometimes you do have to rely on the fact that, okay, I know that I married someone who's responsible and loving and respectful and all those things. And so I need to just rest on that. And that's it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And know that I made a good decision in my life then and now. So that question I feel like was destined for failure because I, I feel the same way. But yeah. no, I mean, after, no matter what, how detailed or whatever the questions are, and I don't, I don't think that's what the research was designed was to, do. to do. Right. Um, but I don't think you could weather, like after those 36 questions, if you could weather what we went through. But I don't think it's trying to recreate marriage. I think it's trying to recreate love. So then the follow-up question oh, okay. is, do you think that creating that sense of intimacy would if that would influence how you see somebody i think the study was um and the questions are designed to um simulate that sensation of intimacy that you feel with somebody that might make you feel like you're in love okay and so the thing that sparked for me that that night um when you and i were talking and it just felt so natural was that are you talking about when we first the first night we went and hung out together? Hung out, yeah, I would say. Yeah, okay. Um, it, was, it's, it was such a strong moment for me because I knew that it felt like I knew you mm. um, without knowing you. But I didn't even know that much about you. Um, I just knew that you were very easy to talk to. And it was, like, it was like we were always friends because you described me as your best friend now and I would call you the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm just thinking if those questions can give you that same level of of intimacy. Now I'm interested to like look at the questions because I would wonder, I would want to pause it and see, because I, it's been almost 10 years now, but (laughs) I would be interested to see what the questions are and see if I can remember if some of those questions are basically things that we talked about on our first hangout session. Because I remember we talked about a lot, like we talked about faith, on our first hangout and like the doubts we have in it and things like that. Mm. We oh, talked yeah. about where we want to be in our lives. Like we ended up talking about a lot of very deep things. We talked about children and guys, we weren't even, or at least he was, I guess he was trying to entertain dating me. I was not, not I was just talking. <laughs> oh no, this, this was before that. Meeting. Oh, You're okay. thinking about the wrong meeting. <laughs> Which meeting are you talking about? Um, so I was still technically with my, previous girlfriend oh you're talking about that. that yeah we talked about a lot of semi-deep stuff at that thing too my it, bad it was just me knowing like just, yeah. just talking to you i was like holy crap this is super easy <laughs> this is weird it's never been this easy <laughs> that's an anomaly and so it was just a little flag oh okay interesting i would be interested to see what the questions are we don't have to do it now but okay i'd be interested to see what they are i don't know if you can really <laughs> simulate I mean, I guess you can simulate falling in love with someone. I don't know if you could do it in a lab. I think you'd have to be more of like, you know, put, lower the lights, put on mm. some candles. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there is something to be said for setting a mood of expectation. I think creating love, like when you say creating love, it sets like expectations in your head. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you can force any two people into the situation and it would work. I think the questions are probably more just designed to get you both 
to talk about things. Mm-hmm. And so long as there's not something instantaneously grating. Yeah. So I think that it's possible to feel that level of, I don't know if it's comfort or... How do you define intimacy? Because there, I have friends that I feel very intimate with. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I can tell them a lot of things. But why do you, do you just feel like that's because you know them or... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess it's because I know them really well or I feel like I know them really well. And I feel like most of the friends that I'm really intimate with now are also um, freelancers or on YouTube or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we have a shared sort of understanding of what the ups and downs of that struggle is, you know, so they can talk to me about issues they're having with that and then vice versa. And we can both like be each other's cheerleaders or whatever. It's like community building in Mm -hmm. a way. I think you can establish a foundation of intimacy with someone and then it takes the time and continued commitment because the other thing, so on YouTube, I have a post, a photo of you and you're in the old apartment. Is mm-hmm. right when I got not this lens, but the 85 millimeter. It's a little bit of a tangent. Sorry, y'all. 85 millimeter, and I was testing it out. And yours. This is when we were still work, uh, constantly on the phone with the bank about stuff. And I caught you sitting on the bed, and it's a portrait, and like the door is cracked open, so you kind of fit. You remember the photo? Um, and you're like in your scrubs. You just got back from work, and you're having to talk to them. And it's like a whole thing, and you look strained and tired, all that stuff. And I took this portrait of you, and I remember putting this caption up because in taking the portrait, I realized that you were different. You were a different person. And a lot of that was because of the experiences you had had with me over the course of the year, but also just in general, people... I think foundationally, you are the same, but over time, you just, like, expand or change in... Like, there are variations of you that happen. And so in marriage, it's about learning to live with and be with the new variation of your partner. And the only way you can do that is if you've like built the foundation of knowing things over time. Mm. So that was a long-winded way to say people change. (laughs) The only constant is change. And you have to like have something to fall back on when you're both changing and maybe changing in a way that's kind of out of sync with each other. Dating now, like modern dating, you're going out and you're waiting for that connection, mm-hmm. like or that spark or just like, like, oh, I, I think there's something there. I think there's something there. Right. Um, and if you could answer those questions and then just like run through, because then it's not even just the first date. Yeah. The first date is more just like the litmus test. Like, are you a serial killer? Yeah. Like, are you gray? <laughs> okay. Childhood's okay. Yeah. Kill, killed a couple too many cats. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do it. Can't do it. And then it's like, okay, first date, fine. Second date, third date. And it's like, after the third or fourth date, then it's like, yeah, I mean, is this going to go on? Is this not going to go on? I feel like that's how it is. Okay. But if you could just answer 36 qu- uh, questions right off the bat, you're like, yeah, I have a good feeling about this person. Okay. Maybe you could cycle through it a little bit more. So you think this is like a good just thing for the singles potentially to have and work with? Uh, not if it takes hours like yeah. the TED Talk describes, but it either is or is or isn't. Yeah. Schrodinger's like, marriage. Yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, if you were, <laughs> if you don't feel like that person is who you want to spend the rest of your life with, if that's your definition of, um, you know, is are they the one? Mm-hmm then what's the point of dating anymore? And it's like that point becomes the domino. Like mm-hmm. then you have to put yourself in that situation. If I answer no, 
am I okay with this relationship ending? Ah, okay. It's like, because if you just want to wait and see for a few more months, a few more years to see if he is the one, then, like, there's no point, like, there's no difference Yeah. between engaging in the marriage or not. Because you can still be in the marriage, and then, yeah, just because there's the interpersonal pressure and the societal pressure to stay together, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not super glue. Right. You can dissolve the marriage. Yeah. So... People with diff- with like on marriage three or four, mm-hmm. yeah, the other people were not the one. But you do <laughs> not know until it's it's passed. Nobody, I mean, you're always going to doubt like, holy crap, am I ready to take this commitment? Which you should. I think you should right. ask yourself that. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having that doubt. But if you're, if you're wondering, is this person the one? Yeah, that's a lot of weight. It's like in dating, it's like, is this person the one for me to date? <laughs> that's a lot less pressure than is this person the one that I should be in this relationship with? Ah. And if you're, and this goes back, I'm go falling into the same line of argument. So if you feel like you don't want to date that person, or if you feel like, I don't know if this person's the one, it's like, okay, do you want to linger in that marriage? Or like, do you want to linger in that relationship that you don't know that they're the one? Yeah. Are you doubting too much or are they actually not the one you just got to figure that out? Maybe you're thinking about it too hard or not. I don't know. It's just... How fascinating. Your mind is so beautiful. Mm. I just don't... You, like, you're... Because even in the language you're using, it's very, like... You're trying to get as close to the present as possible in the language you're using. Like, because you just said, in dating, is this person the one I should be dating? Like, you're mm-hmm. making it very, like, in this moment where I think it's just... For some people, like myself, it's very hard to be that present. It's... I'm way more just, I remember our friends um, that got married, the main reason, and I, we've talked about this on previous episodes, the main reason why two of our friends have gotten married way later, it took a while, but they did, and they've been together like five, six years before they got married, was because one of them was basically like, I can't plan my future, mm-hmm. because a lot of the things I want to do with my life are kind of content, or not contingent upon this relationship, but knowing if I know for sure that I am in this for a long haul situation, then now I can plan these other aspects of my life. So what are we doing? You know? (laughs) Yeah. So they came to that, that point where you just, you just think this is, this is it. Yeah. If the answer is no, then we discontinue the, this relationship. Ah. Cause I, I think, and I'm guilty of making things nebulous and overly complicated. Like I, I know. Mm -hmm. So me saying this, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but, um, sometimes you just get so wrapped up in, it's like, holy crap, this is such a huge decision. The rest of my life is involved in it, finances, this and that and whatever. And it's like, it, it's, uh, stop. <laughs> what, what's going on today? Do you want to continue the relationship tomorrow? Yeah. Yes. Like, okay, now that yes, we're going to further complicate it. If that yes is tied to getting married, so you like this person, you like the relationship, mm-hmm. but to, to continue it, you have to be married because that's what they want. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So you have to ask them, are you okay with not being married? And if they answer no, then it's either get married or end the relationship. Right. So if you don't want to end the relationship, the person wants to get married, and you're not sure if they're the one, then you need to figure something out. Yeah. Okay. 
It is then it's, it's like, like a link tree with you. Yeah, I mean bit. it's a decision tree. It's like it doesn't matter. Tree, yeah. Is this person the one? Doesn't matter. Do you like them enough? Do you like them enough or do you want to go back into the dating pool? Well, oh, I like I like this person. Wow. It, it doesn't mean like Do you like them enough? Well, I mean, are you afraid? It's fascinating. Are you afraid <laughs> of of being alone? It's, and then but then you have to just answer that. So it's like am I afraid of being alone or like Yeah. Yeah. Do I just like this person that much? There's a level of self-awareness that I think you kind of have to have that maybe I mean, people don't have. It's just the relationship will end or it won't. Yeah. So it's like, if you want to continue the relationship, then you got to proceed proceed to page seven. <laughs> Choose your own adventure. <laughs> and if you don't, start from the beginning, yeah. which is what? Dating. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, what, is our, what is our tangible takeaway for this episode? Do Slash question. I don't know. We talked about a lot of different stuff, I feel like. Do you are you thinking about using the thirty six questions? On your next date, maybe? Oh. Or would you would you entertain that or would you rather just date classically and let it evolve organically? Mm. Here's a better question. Oh, okay. Do you think that love, quote unquote, can be created in a sterile environment? Or do you have sort of a romanticized view of it that you expect sparks? to fly right i mean do you need sparks or would you be okay with uh, a small ember or just like you know uh what do you call it like a flint a feeding of a fire starter or like matches it's like do you need to feel the spark or do you need do you feel like matches are not cheating all that to say don't play with matches <laughs> stumble well stumble on we'll see you next time bye bye